Welcome to the ARS Show, the platform with Ryan, Steven, and Ayer. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. live on CMRU.ca by students for you. When it comes to the economy, many people believe it's just about economics and the government. Now, I've got my panel right here. I've got myself, Ryan, and Ayo Deng. What's up? Yeah. Are you all ready tonight? Yes, sir. Ready to talk money. Ready to talk bank. That B-roll. Let's go. Now, Ayo uh, Deng, uh, th- that was really impressive two weeks ago when you talk about ways people should be looking at the investment and ways we could be saving. And now I want to touch more about like the economy part of it. And that relates to about the labor market. When I look at labor market here in Canada, I realize a lot of people actually, you know, Alberta at a point was growing very, very faster when it comes to the population size, and that relates with the economy. A lot of investors were just coming in and investing, but guess what? Once the oil market crashes, many people start going back to their community or going back to their city, and that's it. What happens to a lot of us out here? We are left jobless, and without the labor market, believe me, there is no job. Now, over to you, right? Yeah, well, the great thing about the economy is just how big it is, the scale of the economy. So when we look at things like economic well-being, we don't have to just keep our eyes focused on Calgary in particular because we live in a great big country and a great big world, as a matter of fact. And there's so many different moving pieces. And I think if you have the tenacity within, there is a place for you to make some coin, to get some financial status, to get your racks up a little bit. So... That's that's a great thing. So even if the Alberta economy tanks, I believe in the importance of looking, always staying on top of opportunities and being vigilant of opportunities elsewhere, not necessarily in Alberta. But if you want to stay in Calgary, I'm sure there's just as many opportunities here. But as you said, our economy is very heavily dependent on oil, which looking towards the future may not be such a sustainable commodity. That's right. Now, when we look at uh, the future of the economy out here in Calgary, relying on the oil market, oil business, it is really impressive that a lot of people actually are moving towards something more, into more of a business management out of it. Do you believe there is a better way of looking into the economy without relying on oil and gas and everything? Well, let's take a look closer to home, for example, today here at MRU, we had some type of career expo where a bunch of different employers, and most of them were not oil and gas employers, came in looking for potential hirees and candidates for positions that they had open. Among the likes were DHL, the shipping company, Shaw, and the Canadian Army, to name a few. So there are lots of industries here that have nothing to do with oil, such as telecommunications and transport. Right now, go hear your dang. Your dang is actually shaking his head. Looks like he's like, no, 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 no. Hey, go ahead, hey, yeah. Honestly, to touch on what Ryan was talking about with the oil and gas, I mean, it is a pretty major, uh, major component of you know. Uh, I would say money, but I would lean more into the. That's how we make our profit in Canada, that's considering right. the fact that. Uh, it moves from like you know either one of our cities to to maybe across the across the country to another city in another province but um with the overflow in calgary yeah like 
I can see a, a lot of issues because, you know, there's a lot more people, but there's not a lot more, a lot of those jobs out there. And it just seems like more and more people are going to become unemployed, considering the fact that there's an overflow of people in, in our city. But I don't think it's only our city alone. It's maybe Alberta, somewhere like Edmonton, maybe. But You know what? I'm going to take more of a naturalist approach on this one, and I'm going to get a little bit philosophical here. But if we look at society as a whole, people have not historically lived in cities. This is kind of a new idea that we've seen over let's say the past thousand years, maybe Babylon and some of the ancient Sumerian cities were some of the first places where people gathered together in groups to live. So honestly, if we do see some type of employment collapse where employment just goes way down and it tanks, it, it can't hurt to know basic farming and hunting skills, yeah. hunter-gathering skills. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. But at the same time, I do think that we've become out of touch with what it means to provide for ourselves and not be dependent on a society around us. So I think it could be valuable for people to learn how to grow their own food. Uh, not trying to sound like a doomsday prepper here, but <laughs> learning how to be self-sustenant. I yeah. think self-sustenance is an important thing, especially in such rocky times like this, that it, it can't hurt to learn a few things. Yeah, I mean... I can't really say I lost something I've never actually tried because <laughs> I've never grown my own crops or, you know, <laughs> built anything by myself. That's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah, I mean, that is fair. I mean, you know, you, you can make a profit for yourself and you don't have to always be going out and buying expensive ass things in uh, stores and stuff well, that's like what that. I'm saying but you know the thing is I think if you were just gonna live off the land yourself I'm pretty sure you'd be breaking a lot of laws and if you think about it like if someone decided well you know what I don't want to be part of society and I want to live off the land and I want to go do my own thing and I want to build like this little hut thing and I want to live in that I don't think that's allowed with that being said, like, have you seen a lot of farms around Can Calgary or like, Well, that's what you know, I'm saying. There's all kinds of wheat farms, but I'm saying someone that genuinely is just kind of like ultra outdoorsman and ultra naturalist. And he just wants nothing to do with like city and society and employment. And he just gets this idea that he's going to go out and live on his own in the wilderness. Like, I've never heard of anyone like that. Like, just go into the middle of nowhere and live off the land. I know my parents want to do that. Like yeah. That's for a fact. They're well, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, all the stresses at the end of the day, you know, this society has such a way of getting people so stressed out that, like you said, your parents were debating just saying, F it, I don't want to be part of society. I'm going to go out in the middle of nowhere and I'm going to live off the land. So am I promoting that? No. Am I preaching that? No, because it's probably definitely against the law. But am I throwing the idea out there as a potential option moving forward for people? Yeah. Maybe. Wait, so when it's you not out of the question. When you say against the law, do you mean like growing your own crops or just living out in the like in the wild? Well, I mean, let's say you have no society around you and just the earth and you have to live for the rest of your life hunting and gathering or farming just basically whatever is going to give you enough food to survive and i guess enough materials to live your life to a survival standpoint maybe you meet a cute girl in the wilderness somehow procreate have some children have some <laughs> yeah. offspring i'm just throwing this idea out there this probably sounds totally crazy but yeah I like mean, i don't think anyone's ever done that if you think about it i mean like i feel like they have before but you know i was like I feel like, you know, as cities expand, they're pushing out those farmers and stuff, uh, yeah. people like that. 
What, what's your uh, uh, overview on this, Stephen? Well, I believe um, Calgary here, like I've seen a lot of fans. Um, most of the fans we, <laughs> we you see is like the, is in the outskirts of the city. <laughs> uh, most of them are basically the native reserve lands where, you know, Territory-wise, you're not allowed to go in there without permission. But uh, people sustain, sustaining themselves in a, in a in an economy where you know people have to be very creative. Like you mentioned, farming is a very good way to to sustain their. Economy. No, but that I, that's not what I'm talking about. Like what I'm talking about is, let's say you're a person and you really can't find employment, yeah, and you're really struggling to get by, and you decide one day that you don't want to be part of it anymore. And you just kind of run off into the middle of nowhere and try and live like a hunter-gatherer lifestyle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm. do you think? Do you think that's a reasonable idea? I to me, it depends on preference. Maybe <laughs> that is what you wanted. But if you look at how people want to just, you know, isolate. Do you think isolation is what the reason they would just want to go and just live their life hunting and living themselves that way? I just don't like think farmers. It's Most farmers isolation. decide to go to the country because they just don't want to deal with no economy. Yeah. They just want to be everything well, self-sustainability. You know, I find it really interesting looking into the way people live life in, I don't want to say less developed countries because these countries in their own right can be just as developed yeah. but countries where there's less regulation and less government involvement where people are kind of free to just kind of do whatever yeah and where the government doesn't have control over every single individual and so like i find it interesting we were talking about this the other show how you like there's less policy and less regulations and guidelines that you have to meet and if you want to be a farmer instead of acquiring necessary land ownership you just kind of see land where you can grow crops and That's start right. growing crops out there without any kind of permission or anything that would um, be amazing i, I want yeah. to i'm just gonna add to that like you are te- absolutely correct 100 percent. i agree with you like mm-hmm. in a self-developed third world countries i'm from nigeria and i'll tell you you know most properties especially when it comes to land on what you do on your land it's by your own know your own right and judgment you yeah. know the government the city the council has nothing to decide on what you do on your land exactly. now we're in a more advanced western society where whatever you do you have to have like a permit you have to have like a authorization to do that you know compared to countries like like you said our country where like we are more self-governed mm-hmm. less government uh, right less government control people control what they do with their land and resources D- people are able to sustain for themselves without yeah. looking for no government funding without yeah. relying on no government support people support themselves but guess what it's a lot of people on the pipeline a lot of people waiting for government support at the same time while they are waiting for government support they are losing their talents they are losing their potentials they are losing what they have guess what how long are you going to be waiting for the government to fund you trust me somebody is going to fund your land probably sold your land and probably at the same time it will sell you out as well yeah (laughs) well you know i might be pitching some pretty out there ideas but i think that there's a problem that comes along with doing everything by the book and i think i'm kind of like a naturalist and i believe that i believe more in human nature rather than this whole idea of oh well we're we've become civilized i think at the end of the day Humans will always be humans. And so for that reason, I think always doing things by the book 
and by what you know the authorities are telling you to do things by is not a very good way to go through life or manage a society. So I guess in a way I'm being a devil's advocate on the government right now (laughs) and kind of challenging our whole societal structure right now, which is not really what I was planning on doing when we brought up the whole economy and everything, but I digress. Okay, okay, Ryan, uh, Ayo. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we're, we're not promoting, you know, yeah. going against the law or anything right <laughs> yeah, now. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like you guys said, now, coming up next right about now, like, uh, we'll be moving on to the music right now, but we'll be talking about the difference when it comes to socialism and capitalism. Okay. At the same time, we will be telling you 10 reasons why soup <laughs> is very important to yes, your health. Yes, soup. Okay, yeah, we... Right. <laughs> we really uh, we got probably the most in-depth ARS show today, the most yeah. controversial. So don't forget, we are sticking to the economy and very ways, <laughs> and we'll be talking more about capitalism and, and socialism. socialism. At the same time, 10 reasons why soups is healthy for you. Coming up next is Ashanti <laughs> right here, featuring the late Notorious B.I.G. with Unfoolish. Let's get to it. You see my days are cold without you one. I'm hurting while I'm with you And then my heart can't take no more I can't keep running back to you See my days are cold without you I'm hurting while I'm with you Alright, welcome back to another sequence of the ARS show with Ryan, Steven, and myself, A.L. Dang. I hope y'all are having a great start to your evening uh, It is currently 8.03 and uh, the weather, I believe, I, uh, I got you. I got you. We're sitting at two degrees in Calgary. All right. Thank you. And uh, for today's topic, we will be covering the concept of uh, c- cellular devices to be specific. Yep. And any other handheld devices and how it impacts our lives today. Yes, sir. So, Ryan, will you fill us in in uh, what exactly we will be covering today? Yeah, okay, for sure. Well, I mean, we're going to kick things off with life-changing moments because we're looking at the concept of change throughout life and things that make us behave differently, Um, whether it's one specific event or it's something more chronic like the use of cell phones and how they just shift who we are, our identity, our characters, and the way we go about our lives. Steven, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, like you said, uh, life-changing moments and life have evol- evolving and changes are the most constant thing in life. We can't deny that. But at the same time, we're looking at the factors and things that are changing our lives. And one of them is this electronic device and specifically cell phones. Mm-hmm. So we'll be looking at how the cell phone is actually changing human lives and even how it shapes the society because we are the society, right? Yes, sir. So that is what we'll be looking into tonight, a life-changing moment right here. Yeah, so we'll be covering a lot of interesting topics tonight. Make sure you stick around. I'm going to throw it back to A.O. Dang for our first song. All right, so uh, first up, we've got Classic Man by Jadena. I would say it's a very underrated song, yeah. but I'll play it for tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Rich and now I'm stupid rich. Ah! Assuming this is what the humor is to rip a butterfly, my newest. In fact, the rumor is the way I prove it. I'm a classic man. You can 
All right, so we are back with our topic of the day. Yes, sir, which is we're going to kick it off with life-changing moments, but let's talk about that song real quick. Gosh dang, that went hard, Ayo. Yeah, man, I mean, some of these songs, people sleep on it. Is that for me, I listen to this kind of rap, if it is considered rap. I would say so. so. It's definitely in the realm of, like, hip-hop and all that. Yeah. I remember that song being so huge back in, like, grade 10, grade 9. Exactly. Word up. Jeez, everyone rocking that. But that was Kendrick Lamar on the track, right? Yeah, Kendrick. Uh, it was Jadena okay. featuring Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Yeah, I, I so thought that I makes Kendrick was nice. Verse there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No, that was definitely a <laughs> real nice song. Yeah, and there's more Kendrick coming on the way. Hey, Kendrick, that's my guy, yo. Word. <laughs> all right, so... I'll start off the topic with one of the negative impacts that uh, cellular devices or any handheld devices in general have on uh, students. So, in my own, ex- for my own experience, uh, poor grades. Yeah, we, we can all agree that. <laughs> I think so, man. I think you know. I'm just relating it back to myself here. I'm about to get ready to study do all my homework that I have to do for the week and then all of a sudden my cell phone dings and all that. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can say good night to whatever work I was planning on doing that day if my phone goes <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah, like I could be sitting in the classroom, you know, on my phone, not even paying attention. Mm-hmm. But, like, it does have its own, uh, its own positives, you know. Students become more productive. They learn more, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. And, I guess it expands their creativity. Yeah, you know what? It's what's that saying? It's a bittersweet. It's a poison and a and a blessing, I guess. Yeah. It's good in the sense that yeah, we have knowledge and access to all this information now, but I think it's also a poison in the sense that you can do too much on it. And so it's so easy to multitask and get sidetracked between all these different tabs that you got open on your cell phone. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, Steven. Well, uh, cell phones, smartphones, everything. At a point, it's a blessing to society. You know, everyone look at technology advancement to be one of the greatest way of uh, showing how a civilized society is. Mm-hmm. But as the society gets more civilized, I don't think people are getting civil anymore, especially with cell phones and smartphone usage right now. To me... <coughs> Big credit to the advancement of this. I love technology, smartphones, iPhone 7, 12, 11, 10. I love the fact that we evolve and civilize. But do people actually update themselves? Like when you look at how people are being affected negatively, there are still people that take the positive route yeah. and take advantage of all these things. But I will still go with the left, which is the negative side of it. Like, you know, smartphones, despite the fact that it contributes to a lot of people's efforts, to me, it contributes to like sleep issues. Yeah. And that is one of the biggest things and how it's impacting lives and is a life changing moment to a lot of people because at a point, Everyone was going to bed normally, you know. You don't need to worry about who's sending you some notification. Mm-hmm. Build up of apps today and notifications, man, you are up exactly. and doing a whole lot of stuff. So exactly. how does that impact the life and our lifestyle today when you don't get enough 
sleep. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about at breakfast this morning and yeah. whether or not we're addicted to our phones. Yeah. And so I think that's a really key topic to focus on here is technology addiction. Because yeah. I think there's a fine line between utility and overuse yeah. and abuse. So I think it's important to educate people that, yes, these are very powerful tools that yeah. do give us access to all kinds of information, all kinds of utility. But at the same time, they there are psychological consequences to his usage. Yeah. And we know that because that's by design. These apps want the users to be using their app so that's that they can correct. so that they can sell their services right. and have reach and impact. And so they have developers, you know, designing all these products yeah. for the sake of keeping us engaged, which is good for them. Exactly. But at the same time, that's where an app goes from being utile to just psychologically manipulative and addictive. So I think there's a fine line there. Yeah. And people should be aware of that fine line. Yeah, I like the part where you mentioned about uh, our people addiction. You know, when mm -hmm. you look at addiction with smartphones, cell phone usage, and how um, sophisticated cell phones are making people addicted to it. Now, let's look at the addiction as the point where life has been changed either positively or negatively. Right. And the negative of effect of all this is, to me, is even higher than the positive in the sense that, you know, addiction is now based on the indiv individual. There yeah. is no amount of therapy or not um, no amount of uh, advice that would make somebody to like, okay, you know, you need to put down your phone at 8 o'clock so you can work, you know, so you can get your schoolwork done, you can you can sleep, you can do all that stuff. So that addiction is the point where I think the life-changing moment right there is just the addiction. So if the addiction goes to the way that, oh, it's affecting this person negatively, mm -hmm. man, you can start seeing the life change of that person in a negative direction, like what is the addiction of this cell phone right now? Yeah, It doesn't get enough sleep. Yeah, well, that's where we see dependence and reliance because that goes hand in hand with addiction to the point where are you relying on your smartphone to get through the day? Yeah. And if that's the case, that's probably not an optimal situation for you. Or if you're relying on your smartphone as your only source of entertainment, yeah. you know, you need to find avenues in the real world away from the digital world to, you know, get by in this world. That's my theory. Yeah. That's a fair statement. I mean, like... Nowadays, I see my younger sisters, you know, instead of actually wanting to go to the park, yeah. they'd rather be on their screens. Yeah, yeah on their, their virtual park on their iPad. Yeah, know? they're playing games or on social media, talking to friends. I'm like, ain't y'all got anything better to do? <laughs> like, exactly. you're still young. Well, yeah, that's a super interesting point because I was just thinking about all this technology and we sort of grew up in an era where the world was shifting from computer based to handheld based in terms of the technology and personal electronics yeah. that people had access to as a consumer. Yeah. Me and Ayo were definitely right in the middle of that transition because when we were kids, we used to have those dinosaur computers at school. Yeah. But at the same time, when we were around 10, 11, 12, and then especially as we went into junior high, everyone was able to get a smartphone. Mm -hmm. And the way it is now for the generation after us, they're surrounded by this and they've been surrounded by it their entire lives. That's that's so right. Now, I'm going to read off uh, from Dr. Susanna Flores. She's a clinical psychologist and an author of Fake Face Hooked. She studies how Facebook affects our emotions and relationships and even how our life 
According to her, she agrees that smartphones are useful in numerous ways, but can also cause a friction in our lives. You know, when we look at addiction, you know, someone testified, this is from, from her, said, I became so addicted to texting that I decided to give it up first for length, then forever. Mm-hmm. I made it in my mission to call people if I want to speak to them, or better yet, to make plans to see them in real life, you know. So one of the addiction there is the texting. Like, exactly. I'm not a really good responder when it comes to text message. Yeah. I just believe it's too dragged on. Yeah. 30 seconds chat or talk with dragon mm-hmm. for like... You exactly. Know, response time and respond. I think text well, message is a dive to the addiction. Level. Yeah, and well, with voice IP, yeah. you know, the ability to call over an IP Wi-Fi calling, that has totally changed the need for texting in the first place at yeah, all. Yeah. So people all around the world can call each other at a very high quality at this point in time. And I just think that a cell phone call and talking, a human, an actual human talking to you is much more efficient and less time consuming than texting. I think a conversation that would take 10 minutes to occur over text can happen in a minute on a phone call. Think about it. Do you like podcasts and are looking for something new? Well, if you want one-of-a-kind entertainment for things covering all the bases, cmru.ca has got you covered. It's the way to start or end or play whenever within your day. cmru.ca, by students, for you. All right, we're back with another sequence on the ARS show. The time is currently 8.11 p.m., and it is 3 degrees Celsius outside. Stephen, why don't you fill us in on what we will be talking about today? So joining us in the studio is a rapper all the way from Calgary here by the name of Versus. So Versus, thank you for joining us today. We're glad to have you once again Yeah, on thank CMI you for having Radio. me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, we want to talk about your music, but before we get into that, a lot of people have been actually... They talk about you, and that is what fans and building up of fans is all about. So we want to let people know who your music is, what you sound like. Uh, your brand new single, Hit It. Hit is hot as it is. It's going to be on the show tonight. But before that, I want you to tell us briefly about that song. Uh, yeah, so Hate is um, a new single uh, for my upcoming album. The album is called Invisible. It will be coming out soon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Hate was a, was a great song to work on. I was able to work with Futuristic. Uh, which is a great rapper from the United States. So it was a pleasure to link with him and uh, and work with him on that. Um, and yeah, it's just a very aggressive, upbeat song. Yeah. Uh, and I was very happy for the reception. Fans liked it, so I'm very happy about that. Perfect. Now you talk about going feature uh, the likes of futuristic. I I remember that the rapper. I just can't put my finger on his on his latest song or older songs. Now you've been doing this for quite a while now. I wanted to share more about your experience when it comes to the hip hop community. I wanted to tell me what's your take. What do you believe the hip hop community is in Calgary here? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely see a, a scene that is uh, expanding, you know, a lot of rappers coming uh, from the city, so it's definitely a good thing to see. Yeah. Uh, I think it's important for rappers from here to try to connect uh, with rappers globally, right, on an international stage. I know a lot of rappers here that, that are good, but that to get their songs out there, they it's just the only advice I can give, right, link with rappers from the U.S., uh, U.K., uh, bigger names, that, that always helps to, to get your music out there. All right, so uh, Versus, you mentioned that you have been rapping for six years. Could you give us insight on what motivated you to become a rapper? Yeah, so I've been rapping for six years, but I would say uh, I definitely started writing uh, before that. Uh, Just 
in the beginning it was a way to just get thoughts out of my mind right just write down everything that i had in my in my brain kind of thing uh and then i saw it it could become something and i got into hip-hop right eminem uh, lil wayne jay-z nas all, all the classics out there and so i decided i i wanted to try it out myself and uh yeah ever since i guess uh progressed hopefully from there and uh uh, recently started to put out music. I think I started to put out music on like Spotify and those digital platforms around two years ago. So that's when it became a bit more serious. And then uh, my first album, as I said, and uh, and now we're going to see how things go with the second one. Now, Versus, you said a lot of things about pushing out your music and you've definitely established yourself as one of the bigger hip hop artists in the city, if not the biggest. So they're trying to gain a following and trying to push out their message. And what were some struggles you faced getting yourself to that level? Yeah, honestly, as, as corny as it sounds, the best way to do it is just really do what you like and do what you believe in, right? Uh, work on your music. Don't just try to please everyone because that's going to be impossible no matter what. Um, but definitely use every platform to your advantage. Uh, work on every social media you can think of. Uh, and I think features is definitely a big thing. Um, people underestimate the power of that. And, you know, they automatically think like, oh, I can't get with this artist because he's bigger or something like that. I think it's definitely important to work with other artists. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, just do what you like and definitely be consistent. Consistency is, is definitely key um, and uh, engage with your fans. And from there, uh, your fan base will definitely build up. Yeah. Right. And so is your fan base mostly local or do you have a big out of town fan base? I actually have a pretty big out of town fan base because I'm originally Italian uh, right. and a lot of people uh, from Italy like the fact that I can rap in English or they tune in just because I'm from there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I did also do a couple of remixes of, of Italian songs in English, so that helped. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I think it's it's definitely good. Spotify, Apple Music, and all the, all those platforms allow you to see where your music is being played, and so it's definitely nice to see when you when you see it spreading all over the world, right? It's it's probably the best feeling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course, with these websites and everything, they give you such in-depth analytics, and right. you can literally see it gives you like a visual map and. Do you think that's an advantage for you? Oh, yeah, definitely, because then then you can kind of play with that. There's all things such as, like, targeted advertising and things like that. Once you know where your music is playing the most or, or where your fans are coming from, you can definitely use that to your advantage and, and keep pushing for, for those markets, right? You you want to do everything you can even on a, on a marketing side to, to appeal to more people. Yeah, for sure. We're just going to do a quick weather check in here in Calgary, Alberta. At the moment, we're sitting at a three degrees, expect to see seven degrees for the next two days. And we're going to be in the positives throughout the rest of the week. People, the end is near for winter. So that is something to definitely be excited about. Steven? Yeah. So welcome back right here to the ARA show, the killer spin you heard from Versus. Now we're going back to the music. Now your brand new single called Hit It. Now I think we're going to put it on full blast. Yeah. Versus. I see all the comments, man. I read everything. I just don't give a f. Check it. I 
I'm used to all these people, all they wanna do is hate You riding type of common, when I ride I'm making bank I said just come to me in person if you got some shit to say Or get the fuck out of my face, I got this vivid dream to chase Hey, who's the kid that lifted all this music shit? I'm super different, told you bitches I got dumb presents Cause I'm stupid, gifted, too persistent I grew in the business cause I viewed my mission Always stuck in the past, now fucking up tracks with futuristic Who's the misfit bitch? It's me, got a gift of rapping Listen please, from OCD to two CDs You find under your Christmas tree I'm top five to be concise I got drive, I'm extra nice And if I'm not on your list Then just be like Santa and check it twice I wreck the mics, respect the fight Or you get caught in the middle of this No, I'm always as real as it gets Every word of your bar getting these bitches pissed And I'm slaughtering millions of kids That they think they can rap 808's the only thing that will clap Hold up, wait a minute What's up with the limit? You thought I was finished? Let's bring this shit back I murder every word I'm a human encyclopedia Calgary is safe Cause I'm the one Alright, so that was Versus right there with his brand new single called Hate. Now, what you've been thinking? I'll leave that for you right now. I'll give my two piece shortly. So, is that a kill or is Spain? Man, I'm gonna go with a spit on that one because the thing I like about lyrical rap is there's always a story to be told and we kind of just cut the story off straight in the middle of it. That's how it feels. <laughs> now, yo. Uh, that's a spin for me, man. Like, I listened to a lot of Eminem, and yeah. that, that song had a lot of flavor from it. What about you, Steven? When we play this track to a lot of people, it's like, whoa, he sounds like Eminem. Guess what? When you sound like Eminem, and this is not to bring goosebumps over anybody, but if you sound like Eminem, that is a spin over and over for me right here. We're going to spin that track. And let us know on our Facebook or Twitter. Let us know. If you heard from Vessels or you have a question for him, just keep that text coming right here. That track right there, right, Ryan, it is a spin for me. Let's spin yeah. that track one more time. Yeah. Versus. I see all the comments, man. I read everything. I just don't get used to all these people all they want to do is hate you riding type of common when i ride i'm making bank i said just come to me in person if you got some shit to say or get the fuck out of my face i got this vivid dream to chase hey who's the kid that lifted all this music shit i'm super different told you bitches i got dumb presents because i'm stupid gifted too persistent i grew in the business because i viewed my mission always stuck in the past now fucking up tracks with futuristic who's the misfit bitch it's me got a gift of rapping listen please from ocd to two cds you find under your christmas tree i'm top five to be concise i got drive i'm extra nice and if i'm not on your list then just be like Santa and check it twice i wreck the mics respect the fight or you get caught in the middle of this no i'm always as real as it gets every word of your bar getting these bitches pissed and i'm slaughtering millions of kids that they think they can rap 808's the only thing that will clap hold up wait a minute what's up with the limit you thought i was finished let's bring this shit back i murder every word i'm a human encyclopedia calgary is safe because i'm the one who heats the city up as if i'm scared of a dude who's obsessed with fucking Monkeys, I guess truth must be a tough pill to swallow even for such a junk. I'm used to all these people, all they want to do is hate. You write in type of comment when I write. All right, I'm so that was Vessels right there with his brand new single called Hated. Now, Vessels is right here in the studio. Now, let's get back to you. Now, that it is very, very impressive, and I'm not trying to hype you. Now, when you created that song, what was in your mind? You talk about Calgary and a lot of lyrical punchlines in there, which is really, really impressive. What was in your mind when you created that song? Yeah, that was 
kind of the typical anti-hate song, right? Just yeah. the hate you get online, the comments and stuff. It was just a song to address the hmm. so-called haters, right? How everyone likes to call them. Uh, so it was kind of more of like a fun, aggressive song just to kind of show the talent off, right? And just, just have fun with Futuristic and, yeah. and kind of uh, counter all the hate that is online. That was pretty much the concept of it. One more question I have before I hand over. Now, when you look about hate, we're in a political sensitive environment right now whereby you either be politically correct not to say certain things. Right. At the same time, people are politically correct to just type or write anything, basically. Now, when you describe hate, do you see that people being comparing you or people play a hate in you? Or is it something more of a personal thing that you have to respond to haters? Um, no, I don't think it's personal. I think it's just the typical, just people hate to see anyone pr pretty much have success or make yeah. it, right? Uh, so it's not something that I personally have to respond to. It's just something I like to address to because it's something we kind of all face yeah. uh, on on a certain level. Uh, there's always going to be someone online that, that is going to say or write something that they probably wouldn't say to your face. Uh, so I, I just thought it was a cool cool topic to, to address on a song. Yeah, adding on to what Stephen was asking, how do you respond to your uh, haters or fans? Um, to the with the fans, I definitely engage as more as I can. So I, I reply to like every message, every DM, or anything like that. Um, I always I'm always appreciative of whoever shows support, uh, and pretty much the opposite with haters. I tend to ignore uh, that stuff or just delete comments and stuff. Right, just just don't want to deal with it. It, it. It's pretty much pointless to to give any attention to, to those people anyways most of the time so would you say it motivates you to be to be better yeah i think that's definitely definitely plays a big role uh i think not only music just anything uh, any artist or any athlete or whatever is gonna is gonna have a huge drive and motivation coming from the the fact that other people don't want to see you make it that usually does encourage you to to push harder and prove them wrong all right. So, uh, another qu one more question before I hand it over to Ryan. Uh, what is your biggest challenge while you're uh, rapping on stage, or you know, making music and dropping it? Uh, biggest challenge. Uh, I guess the biggest challenge is to try to appeal to as many different hip hop fans as you can. Meaning that when I focus a lot on lyricism and that aspect of hip hop, uh, but unfortunately, that's a small part of the hip-hop genre of fans that that really pay attention to the lyrics and that stuff um so so i've been trying like recently with with my most recent songs to kind of have some different vibes to it and um and try try different styles uh not only because that's what they like but it's always good to challenge yourself and try new things um so that's definitely something i've, I've done with the new album there's songs that really uh, can appeal to to any kind of fan of hip-hop and music in general so yeah Ryan. All right, yeah, I just want to say that song is definitely something that I feel as though you being someone that pushes things and you kind of are establishing your own brand and, and your own influence on music that someone could easily just come in and hate on you for no reason or not really understand the big process behind all the music because at the end of the day, all these people that are, are seeing on social media is the finished product and no one really understands exactly how much work goes into this and exactly how purposeful everything is. And so I do think that there's a lot of people that are in a way jealous or in a way wanna hold people back as soon as they find success. And I really liked how you touched on that in the song. 
And so I guess I'm basically just trying to ask um, uh, on social media, is that kind of how you feel your your fan like your haters are? Uh, yeah, I think you you touched on a good point there that people online don't see the hustle and the grind that is behind all the work you put into right into a song, um, which is fine. I mean, it's going to be subjective no matter what when you put put a song out. Um, no one's asking everyone to like the song, uh, but definitely it would be good if people understood and respected just the work that went behind that. Um, but yeah, man, as you said, haters are always going to be there, and I, I think the best best way to deal with that is just to get fuel from it, right? Get motivated. Um, and just ignore them because you don't want to give them attention. But yeah, yeah. And I liked how hard the 808s hit in that song. And then you kind of had a bar talking about those 808s. What what was that bar? Um, yeah, I was talking about like other. It was just a general diss to other rappers. I said 808s are the only thing that will clap, meaning uh, okay. meaning no one will actually clap for their song, but the 808s <laughs> will because you know it's it's a trend right now that instrumentals are always hard, but yeah. lyrics rarely are. So that that was just my way of putting it. Okay, yeah, so that's also an interesting point, talking about how lyrics are kind of losing importance in the hip-hop game. And it's really interesting to see you, a guy who's really managing to build a brand for himself while bringing back that whole lyrical game and kind of that Eminem-type sound like we compared you to earlier. And so is that something you see yourself continuing to do, or do you want to maybe implement more like mumble rap stuff, or is that not you? No, that's not me, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be lyricism all the way. It either works or, you know, it either works out or it doesn't. But that's definitely what I'm gonna try to push because that, that's what made me fall in love with hip hop. So it's For it's sure. only right that I pay respect to that. Yeah. So you talk about lyricism. Do you feel that hip hop's in a way like modern poetry or anything like that? Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's a that's a big aspect, or that's how it kind of started, anyways. Um, and uh, and you touched on like lyricism kind of not being there now i definitely think the mainstream like whatever you hear on the radio usually doesn't have that aspect to it but there's definitely a a lot of good lyricists coming up um and you know at the end of the day the the artists that really have longevity and that have succeeded the most you know jay-z eminem or cole and kendrick those that usually stay around do focus on lyricism so it gives me kind of more hope to, to where this genre is going towards yeah and i find your flow to be super unique as well like you don't flow like the North American artists, if that makes sense. No. Like I feel in a good way. Like I feel okay, like yeah. I can definitely see like the Italian influence for sure. <laughs> like, do you ever take inspiration from those Italian um, songs, kind of thing? I don't know. I listen to them. Like I listen to a lot of Italian rap, but I never actually rapped in Italian, so I don't know how much influence I can really put into my work. But maybe flow wise, I it, it would yeah. definitely be subconscious. It's not something I realized, but it might be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so uh, you and Futuristic also, like, I feel like Futuristic and you really vibe together pretty nicely on that track. And I think the beat, I think you guys really built off each other. And so, like, are you expecting any more projects with Futuristic in the future? Um, you never know. Um, there definitely might be other songs, like, we're, we're in a good, like, kind of relationship that way, like, business yeah. relationship. Um, and there's definitely always the the chance to, to to shoot a music video for whatever right mm-hmm. so if if we're definitely working on music videos now so if we do want to fly out there and, and try something out with him that that will definitely be be the next thing yeah right so on a more business side of things like you were saying what's your number one kind of go-to way of driving streams to apple music and spotify um well except like of course promoting on on your own social media and things like that um 
definitely try to get on Spotify playlists. Like, it sounds dumb, but a lot of people don't know it, right? Like, even through the distribution websites, if you submit your song with enough time in advance, then that already has more chances on going on Spotify playlists. Like, something as easy as that uh, can definitely bring your streams up and, and build some fans that have never heard of you. Right. Um, so Spotify playlists are probably the biggest thing right now. Um, and then, yeah, of course, promoting on your accounts, uh, advertising on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Uh, it's a lot of work and a lot of money invested, but it pays off. Right. And so to someone dealing with haters out there, what's your number one piece of advice to them? Just ignore them. Just ignore them and, and just do your best to prove them wrong. That's the only good thing you can take out of that. For sure. Yeah. Well, if I speak, no, it is right now. It is currently 33 minutes past the half, 8 o'clock. And Calgary, how here, the weather still remains. Was it 2 degrees or 3 degrees? Sitting at three. 3. Sitting at 3. I hope it stays like that all throughout the week. Now we're going back to the music right here. We'll have a few more questions for verses. And don't forget. Keep your questions coming. We'll be reading them right here to our guest in the studio. Now back to the music with Ryan. Yeah, so I'm going to be hitting y'all with the killer spin. We got Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. Looking at that Chicago sound. So let us know what you think. I'm saying kill too, man. That was, I was not expecting that. Like, I wasn't expecting that to be the radio remix, but I think they kind of butchered the song there. I'm not going to lie. Before I call that a kill, uh, I got Vessels right here. Vessels, you listen to that song by Kid Cudi, right? right? Uh, now, on the kill of Spain, you that have the musically here. Now, this is not about bias or try to play into the type of song you like or not. 
neutrally, what do you think that song is? Is it a killer spin for you? Um, based on what I like, as you said, uh, like if I have to be biased, it would be a kill for me, but just being as objective as possible, it's probably a spin because, I mean, he knows what he's doing, right? He knows what he's doing. Actually, I might go for his kill, but because we have an artist in here, we don't want to be too disrespectful to other people that are making great music out there, regardless of what their sound look like. It is a kill for me subjectively, but let's respect who we have in the studio today. I think I will side with Versus because he is in the industry and uh, I will stay with him on Spain for Kid Cudi. All right, so I guess that leaves the deciding vote to Ayo. Ayo, what you think? Killer please, spin, bro. Ayo, Ayo, Yo, Honestly, uh, my initial answer was kill, but if I'm trying to be supportive and not hate on an, a rapper, then I might say spin. Versus yeah, actually yeah. brought a hate word into here. and like, okay, I think we're going to be nice. Yeah, we've been dropping H-bombs all night. We're going to drop the <laughs> H-bomb all night. Remember, we're going to be throwing back-to-back versus new music along with the kill of Spain for you to know. Yeah. That song is a kill, but I'll leave it right there with his yeah. Spain. I'll, I'll go with the Spain just because it's Cuddy, you know? Cuddy's yeah. one of the, one of the Chicago ghosts for sure. Yeah. You know, those guys worked like side by side with guys like Kanye, huge artist too. Yeah. So this is definitely the radio edit though, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Six minutes. Per All or, right. Okay. Let's spin it. Her, her, you craving a cool sweet dose of music urging to move your feet and dance to your favorite hits if so tune in 24-7 to cmru.ca by students for you witness a collection of diverse shows geared towards the content you want to hear whether you prefer talk sports or your favorite jams tune in online at cmru.ca by students for you Yes, Stephen, and elaborating on, uh, you know, ways to to build your your income and you know invest your money to to, to receive more. Uh, for those who are, are are very bad at managing their money, if they are thinking of beco- becoming investors, uh, the first steps into to, to investing your money would be to you know uh, draw a personal financial roadmap. This initially means that uh, before you sit down to make a major decision on uh, investing your, uh, making any uh, investment plans, you should take a good look at your financial situation, especially when you ha- you've never uh, made a financial plan before. Uh, f- one thing you can do is figure out what goals and risks you're willing to take on your own fi- on your own with a financial professional. Uh, talking to a banker or someone at the bank to help you through this, and after doing so, figure out uh, what that will, how that will work for you to invest. So, um, initially, I, what I mean by that is, where would you uh, want to invest? Either in a stock market, 
investment bounds, mutual funds, or a savings account. Either of which could work, but it depends on how, uh, uh, what your situation is personally, because not all of us have the same financial uh, situation, and you know we have different goals and all those things. Um, another thing could be evaluate, evaluating your comfort zone. This simply means that uh, all your investments come with a risk, so it's important that you understand that with the higher risks. You could lose some or all of your money, uh, but the reward is a chance of a greater investment in return. But another way to prevent the loss of uh, a large amount of money is if you were to diversify your investments. So this means, you know, don't don't put like take 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 this metaphor for uh, example. Uh, don't put all your eggs in the same basket. So uh, I can't. I don't know how to really elaborate on that, but I guess you get the understanding. And uh, last but not least, uh, never invest in something you don't understand. Like you know, there, there, uh, uh, there are a lot of in, uh, invest investors out there that are sending out misinformation and guiding you into investing in the wrong things, and then you end up losing your money and all that that kind of stuff. So, a better understanding and knowledge is a uh, is is more rich than you know following someone into into a trap basically uh ryan back to you yeah so i want to touch on investors and their behavior and what uh both ao and steven were saying ao talking about diversifying your investments not putting all your eggs in one basket and steven talking about refraining from taking loans from banks and just spending money that you really don't have to spend and a perfect role model financial role model and also life role model is warren buffett the ceo of berkshire hathaway a very renowned investment firm now listen if you're not familiar with warren buffett you should become familiar with him because this guy's got a net worth of 87.1 billion he is in his late 80s and i'm telling you he didn't get to this position in life for no good reason because buffett is a generous philanthropist and he's given away more than 27 billion dollars in the last decade but before that it's because he lives within his means he still exercises even with all that money very frugal habits he still eats mcdonald's for breakfast every day and he still lives in the same house that he started his career in in the 1960s of course now he's got uh, a very elevated level of security and security seems uh, monitoring his home at, at all times but he is very much a person who even with all this money lives within his own means and his firm is famous for always investing into new things such as insurance soda drinks if you didn't know they are uh, one of the big uh, backing forces behind coca-cola now let's look at money or poor money management that leads to poor mental health you're listening to cmru.ca by students for you Alright, so at this point, I want to say thank you to every one of you for taking the time to listen to every segment and every section from our previous shows right here on cmruradio.ca by students for you, the ARS show, Air Ryan and Stephen Bomi. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.